Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Just Two Dads. I think we're at episode number 153, right, Sean? Four, five, something like that. Wait With Sean Francis, I am Brian Altunian, and today's episode is going to be very special. We always think about our children, uh, what happens to them after, after they graduate school. By the way, neurotypical family, neurodiverse families, it's all the same. Where do our children go? How do they... How do they live independently? The empty nest syndrome that many families feel, um, it's, a, it's an important milestone in raising children. Today, we have a brilliant specialist that helps our special needs families work on transitional skills for our children with special needs. So stay tuned for a great episode of Just Two Dads. Welcome back, everybody. I am Brian Altunian, along with Sean Francis. Uh, if you are catching us live on Facebook, please leave us a comment. Uh, share something, something that intrigues you or something you want to ask our guest. Leave a comment. We'll throw it up on the screen. Uh, if you're catching us after the fact on our YouTube channel, uh, thank you. Hit the like and subscribe button and uh, share with your friends. This is going to be valuable content that you can share with your families, maybe families that you know that have, that have special needs children that are getting to that young adult phase. And tools to help them get to that next phase of independent living. Uh, if you're catching us on podcast outlets everywhere, thanks for making us part of your listening day. And if you're catching us on WSTX AM radio down in the U.S. Virgin Islands, thank you for, for hanging out with us. Sean, I'm going to say one thing before I, we always leave it for the end, but I also want to say um, yes. aloha and mahalo to Sean Hall out in Hawaii, who is our producer um, believe it or not, this actually gets produced. Fiona, you're not going to believe that, but this actually gets produced, and Sean <laughs> takes a lot of the details for us. So, thank you, Sean. Uh, happy early Thanksgiving uh, to you, and uh, thanks for all the work that you do. Um, without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to Sean Francis to get into this conversation uh, because I think that this is really fascinating. We've had some really great Fiona. You're you're part of this, this string of some phenomenal guests that we've had, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. And, uh, and what you're going to be sharing with us today. So without further ado, Mr. Sean Francis, you're looking dapper as always, buddy. How are you doing? Ah, I'm thankful. Um, that, no, that sounds so cliche because I always say that. And then we're saying it leading up to Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff. But I am because I've gotten perspective sitting here too, because, you know, we do this show, Brian and I have done a couple things in the same place. Usually it's remote like this and I'm at home. So I'm like running around doing things that, you know, it shouldn't be doing just before signing on and everything. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's a nice problem to have. And for that and the following reason, I am even more thankful than I ordinarily would be for the guest that we have today. Because for those of you that know, our son Elijah is 17. He was on, uh, diagnosed with autism at the age of three. And about, mm, I think it was maybe, it feels like three months ago. I don't know, but I have no concept of time. His teacher, who is uh, Aaron... Um, Barish, who is a fantastic teacher. We just love her and her team. She says to me one day when I came to, to pick him up, she walks up to the um, up to me. She says, I saw this post by this person on Instagram that I meant to share with you because I thought of you right away. I was like, really? Because she's aware of the work we do in financial services. She's aware of the, the podcast and our men's group and everything. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what was it? She goes, this girl, she posted this list of a of hundred companies or more that are run by and or support and hire 
those with special needs. And the fact that Elijah's in his last year and she shared that with me, I was like, great. And I'm still thinking about the list. But when I saw the list, I got intrigued by the person that posted the list. And that is someone who is our guest here today. And so I, I'm not sure if I'm more of a host or a guest today. Um, <laughs> our guest is someone who is a, is a moderate to severe high school adult transition teacher with a master's in education. She was also a vocational program specialist uh, for some time. And um, she is well credentialed, but what's great about it is that I almost feel, and she'll she'll let us know. But I think that the credentials to her are secondary. Um, but what is first and primary is her heart, her passion, and her um, her care, and the business that she's found called Adulting Made Easy. As I'm saying that out loud, I'm like, do you know how much value there is in finding adulting? to be made easy, neurotypical or otherwise. <laughs> right. And our guest after that long, but I hope, you know, um, appreciated it, intro is none other than Fiona Gonzalez. Fiona, welcome to Just Two Dads. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes, it's our pleasure. Um, I don't want this to be, to be cheesy, Brian. but we, we, it's almost like we want to put like, like, a, like an audience clapping thing when we announce it because we're like, <laughs> right? It should be a little like, ah, a little because sound effects. <laughs> Yeah, we've we had need, some. We need to find that because that's how we feel. Yeah, I'm just going to say that because I'm, you know, looking through the website that you've that you built and that list that Sean had and Sean had posted on social media as well, so some of our audience members can see that. It is such a phenomenal resource, so I'm I'm excited to talk to you. So you know, without and then I want to I want to say say out loud too that that when I told Elijah's teacher uh, when I told Aaron yesterday that um, or the day before that Fiona was going to be on. She said, you make sure that she knows, that everybody knows that 99.9% of the materials that I use in my class come from her entity, from adulting me. That means a lot. I, when I say that, that means a lot because I'm thinking, here's this young woman here. is a teacher. Um, I don't know that you have a child on the spectrum or anything like that. Um, and it's pat you're passionate about it enough, and then you decide... I'm going to turn that into a business, something that finds, you know, brings about a solution. And here it is in action because you have a fellow teacher that appreciates it. So let's start from the very beginning, you know, where you come from, where you come from, literally and figuratively have everything to do with who you are and where you get your superpowers from because a hero you are. So let's start there. All right. So back to the <laughs> basics. My dad is has always shown me his work ethic is a great work ethic and I've kind of followed after him. So no matter what line of work I was going to go down into, I already knew that like I was going to be like him and be a hard worker and work hard for my future family. Um, so going into college, I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. Um, I had a friend that had her mom. She worked at a school and she was like, Hey, I know you like working with children they have an open position for a paraeducator in special education. And at first I was like, well, I don't have any experience in that, but you know, I'll give it a try. And so this was my first experience of being in the same room as somebody with disabilities. I, I mean, believe it or not, like I had just had no exposure to anyone that had any sort of disability in the past. So I, it was, it opened up a whole new world to me and I immediately wow. fell in love as a paraeducator. So from there, I worked a couple of years, um, 
second grade all the way up to adult transition um, as a paraeducator. And then I was like, you know what, I want to get my teaching credential and become a teacher. Um, or, you know, I want to take that next step and have my own classroom and, you know, do my own lessons. And so that's what led me into that. And then as far as starting my business, um, what got me started on that is um, if you are a teacher in special education, you know the struggles of trying to find curriculum that fits the needs of all of your students. There's just no one size fits all. It's, it's impossible. Sure. Yeah, everyone has, everyone's on a different level, has a different um, strengths or preferences of what type of materials work for them. You know, some mm -hmm. students might enjoy digital activities, whereas others might enjoy cut and paste worksheets, you know, whatever it might be. So we sure. have to have a plethora of activities just to cover one subject. And um, at the time when I first started, so I've been teaching for about eight years, um, and that's not that long ago, but there wasn't very yeah. much available, especially in the adult transition realm for life skills. Right. Everything out there is geared towards um, general education. And then if it's simplified enough for um, the level that my students are at, which might be, um, I have students functioning all, all over the place, but let's say um, we have a, an adult student that's functioning at like a second grade level. Everything I could find out there had like little baby images on it. And it wasn't very age respectful mm. to give those materials to my adult students. They, sure. you know, they would feel kind of, it, it's, it's yeah. just not very, yeah, very respectful to them. Some students might enjoy something that has Barney on it or whatever, but that's just a, depends on the individual. So um, right. I try and um, that's what sparked or um, started me creating materials because I couldn't find it. So I started creating so, my own. Mm -hmm. And then from there that I realized I'm not the only person that's on this planet that's an adult transition teacher that doesn't have access to these materials. And so that's what kind of opened up the world of sharing these resources with other teachers in the same boat. Wow. And you, and, and you, and, and when you say that you've, you've created this, you've created this storefront, if you will, for, for people to have access to teaching materials K through 12 and beyond. Right. And, and then are teachers contributing their, their source material or their course material to that available, make that available for sale as well. Is that what yeah, so teachers pay teachers is what you're referring to. It's a marketplace yeah. um, where teachers can upload their resources that they've created for their classrooms, and then other oh, wow. teachers maybe you don't maybe you're not tech savvy and you don't know how to make the worksheets or you just don't have time. I mean, I've purchased resources from other teachers on there as well, and you can go on there and just search what you need. Maybe you need like a specific goal working on next dollar up um, for a math goal. And then you can find tons of different activities and then you can filter it from there. I need a digital activity or I need a Google slides um, or task, yeah. whatever it might be. So amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and so what started first for you? What was the first? So as you started to see that there was a lack of resources out there, what was the what? what how did you how did you how did you do this? You know, again, we're entrepreneurs, Sean and I, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs who are, who are guests and uh, audience of this show. Um, so how did you, like, I get you saw a need, and then what was your first step, first foray into it to build it? Exactly, yeah, resource? read my mind. 
Um, so at first I was purely just making resources for my own classroom. I, I didn't even know Teachers Pay Teachers existed. Um, I don't even remember who, but you know, as I was making more and more resources, I remember somebody was like, hey, have you heard of this website? You could totally like upload your lessons to there and make some money. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. Um, and at the time um, that website was starting to take off, but now after the pandemic, it's really taken off with a lot of teachers because um, there was a huge need for digital resources during that time. Sure. Um, a lot of panicked teachers that had to suddenly teach online, but um, yeah, bet. it just all started with stuff that I was using with my own students. Um, and then to this day, I'm still creating resources that I use in my own classroom. Um, and, to, and then I take requests from other people that are like, Hey, I need this. Can you make it? <laughs> wow. Fantastic. Do you make the stuff, your, the, the materials yourself, all hands-on? Is it just you or do you have employees or? Um, I, I make it all by myself. Um, I've had like my sister and husband help out here and there with some audio or um, when it comes to like the clip art, you know, I purchase licensing from companies. Um, I don't draw all the clip art myself or like stock images and that kind of stuff. You know, I purchase right. licensing from other companies. So it's a lot of, you know, things from all over the place and then put onto one page to make it legal. <laughs> right. But you've got quite the Instagram following, though. So there's a lot of people that that are aware of what you do. And I know that, you know, I've told Brian before, I, I don't have algorithms and things like that figured out because I've made posts myself where I think, oh, my gosh, this is going to connect so many people. And so many people will see this because of vulnerability or blah, 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 whatever. And there's some like something that's, you know, a shade above crickets in terms of the response. And then there's something that you figure nobody connects to. And you're like, wait a minute, why are this many people responding to that? So I don't know it, but I would imagine that at least a part of it has got to be that when you post what you do, it's just, it's genuine. Like you, you posted something the other day that I thought was, was great. And I, and I think it, it's, it's worth talking about, which is the, um, the, the life skill of writing a check. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about that. Cause I think I, just the post alone is worth talking about because of the mindset too. Yeah. So I made a post about, you know, unpopular opinion. Um, writing checks is not obsolete. Cause I see a lot of, um, I'm part of a lot of like Facebook groups, um, teacher Facebook groups where, you know, teachers might ask, Hey, I'm looking for a lesson for this. Like, does anyone have a lesson or like, how do I teach this concept? And every time I see the um, some teacher ask about teaching to write checks, I see a lot of responses say, why are you teaching that? It's obsolete. Like, don't waste your time. And I, I get it. Like, you could probably be focusing on things that are a little bit more important. But it depends on the student and their particular situation because um, you know, some people might go a whole year and not write a check or see a check or receive one. That's, you know, I get it. There's other people, um, including myself, like I've received and had to write several checks just this year. Um, mm -hmm. And for some people, you know, it's still like, that's how they have to pay their rent is by writing a check or that might be ha how they have to pay their utilities or um, there's still I've literally some written, I've written two checks in the last week uh, for my business, go. which I'm like, I don't even like, I, I can't, I Zell you or like, no, we, we want to check. So you're right. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't happen yeah, very often, but it still happens. It's, it, it, it's yes. amazing. So exactly. And the most, so, 
Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Continue. Oh, yeah. So the point I was trying to make is, you know, instead of bashing on that teacher for even asking the question, you can either just keep scrolling or you can offer help. Sure. Um, and there might be a particular reason why that teacher is asking. Maybe she inherited a goal from, you know, that she got a new student and that was already one of their goals. You can't really do yeah. much about it. If it's already a goal, you got to work with it. So, you know, right. don't bash on that teacher because of it. <laughs> um, if she's choosing to write that as a goal or include it as part of one of her lessons, maybe there's a particular reason. Maybe that student is interested in working at a job that is required to write checks or receive checks quite often. Maybe yeah, yeah. in the area that you're at, you have to write a check for your utility bills. So it's all dependent on the situation of the student. And, you know, I'm just asking people to, you know, <laughs> just know it's that a, it it's a basic, it's basic life skill that everybody should just know and he, and here's, how to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And it, when I, what I did is I reshare the post and I commented on how I so agreed with you and everything, but you know, there's, there's the, the, if you look at it in terms of layers, right, there's the subject and then there's the matter, which really matters. And the subject is whether or not it makes sense to learn how to write a check. Uh, for me, I just think yes, because it's another skill to have just, and I, just like, I don't think we should get rid of teaching kids how to, you know, you know, write in cursive. Right. Mm -hmm. But the matter and what matters more than anything else is that which we talk about towards the end of each episode, which is questions are more powerful than statements. And we should be more curious, more childlike than childish. And, you know, and and try and get in somebody else's shoes, because the truth of the matter is, like you said, is the very reason why you started your business. Maybe, you know, ask the why did why are you curious about that? Why, you know, considering that we don't usually use those anymore at all, you know, and so. I just think that I think that's fantastic. The mindset, even more so than just that that, that issue itself. Yeah, and 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 I was going to say I I I had put up on the screen the Teachers Pay Teachers website or or site I should say just because I think it's fascinating that there's resource out there. I and I did you a disservice because really your site Adulting Made Easy is really a phenomenal resource. You've got a blog. You've been talking about this, you know, about the things that you're doing for for quite some time. So. Um, mm -hmm. just to go back. So first of all, <laughs> I'm fascinated by all the stuff that you're doing. Um, I think it's valuable. We had a guest on a couple of guests, uh, uh, two women that are running a, uh, pre-K, pre-K learning center for, for neurodiverse children. And, okay. and there's been a call to go into K through two and then three through five. And, you know, when it comes to like starting your own center, starting your own educational process, having access to these kinds of resources is phenomenal. So I was immediately drawn to originally Teachers Pay Teachers, but I'm looking at your website. Some people who are watching us on, on, on video, look, Sean and I are, are like looking off screen. A lot of times we're just like, like Sean said, we're just, we're audience too of what we're, of what's going on. Like I want to see all the stuff that you're doing while we're talking about it. Cause it's, it sinks in for me. Um, I, I, I love that you've addressed. And I think, you know, years ago, I, I know that we, I, I, I worked with somebody who was starting a school and, and they're, I think they've said there are seven types of ways that we learn. There are probably more than that. Um, auditory, visual, pictures, Genetic. digital now. Yeah, all of those things. And so understanding how to address each one of these is, is fascinating. The fact that you've only been teaching for eight years, 
So I'm just going to command. That's what blows me away. Yes. Right. (laughs) Your resources that you've got available and and your approach to all of this is is you're you're a seasoned veteran of, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of teaching. um, (laughs) And yet you've only been doing this for for eight years. So I'm fascinated at, again, this trajectory that we've been talking about. How did you, how you got from like, I want to start to help in the transition and this sort of talk about that like how wh- why why how, how did this get that point how, how did you get there yeah because you could be yeah yeah go ahead yeah go ahead sorry yeah yeah i just, just yeah. A, go ahead. <laughs> there's a huge need for it you can you can see with the the students that have come into my classrooms the types of questions or the concerns that the parents have you can tell that there's just there's been a need for it and just paying more attention to the student and the way that they like to learn, you know, that's, that's half the battle is getting them engaged and into being, you know, at school for one thing. I have a lot of students that just don't even want to be at school. Another thing is that's hard is getting them to pay attention, sitting at their desk. So those types of things is what's the basis of all of it is figuring out, you know, okay, what, how, how am I going to get them to enjoy learning? And then from there, how do I convince them that it's important for them to know this skill? How is it going to um, lead to their independence, which is ultimately going to lead to more happiness, the more independent that they are. And same thing for the families too. The more independent your son is, I can assure you that, you know, obviously that would lead to more happiness for you as well as less stress on you. And um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, greater independence, whether they choose to work or not. That's a whole nother level of independence, being able to work. Um, For sure. But my main, my main goal is to focus on the home first, getting as independent as they can in, within the home. And then if a career is in the picture, then we work on those skills as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of um, a cap of what, what motivated all of that. And then I know there's a, a particular link with a forward slash we'll get it on the screen but if someone goes to your uh your site um spe adulting um you know dot com where at the site would they find the list of those those businesses because that's something i wanted to talk about too Mm. did you compile that on your own because you're talking about you know how we connected to begin with was that list that you posted out of all the things that you might post on social media that is the one and again this is myself is position anyway that's the one that carries probably the most weight like we don't know you know if elisha's gonna um what kind of college if any he'll do is he gonna work those are all the things and and to begin with you know i just saw a, a post on um uh you know next door which can have some very low value posts you know like you know just any and anything yeah. that's going on in, in a neighborhood. But yeah. I saw one where a mother was very frustrated because her adult son had been hired by a local grocery store and they hadn't reached out to him to tell him when he was supposed to start. They pretty much told him, be ready, I'm going to call you. And so I, on one hand, I didn't understand why he was dressed every day, sitting by the phone, waiting for the phone call. Uh, on the other hand, I do. But yeah. at the same time, I didn't see what the response was because it was late last night. But I posted your list and your site because I'm like, look, this is here. Like, you know, how did you put that list together? And then where can they, you know, find the list once they go to the site as far as searching too? 
So the list kind of, it started very small at first. Um, I, you know, have just come across other Instagram accounts um, of these businesses. And so af after I started kind of compiling, you know, a little bit of a list, um, I started featuring the businesses um, once a week. I'll feature one business and kind of highlight pictures and a little Great. bit about the business, how it got started um, until now it's, it's grown bigger and bigger each year. Um, the more people that see it, the more inquiries I get um, people saying like, Hey, we have a business. Can you add it? And I'm always happy to add it. Um, as long as, you know, somebody can purchase online, it's mostly online businesses that people can um, purchase and support. But um, a majority of the businesses are entrepreneurs. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, parent yeah. son, daughter duo, that have started a business where you know they don't have to go into a formal business place and follow their rules they can go by their own time use their own accommodations do things that they enjoy do the tasks Excellent. that they're able to do it's all catered around that individual and what they're capable of and and it's at their pace and so um you know, a lot of the businesses might be anywhere from making candles to artwork, uh, making jewelry. Um, a lot of it's handmade stuff um, that you can find on like Etsy or through their own websites. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other half of the businesses are usually like nonprofit businesses or um, adult um, programs that have started their own enterprises and they hire um, individuals with disabilities. And so those are the, usually the two types of businesses you'll see that I have highlighted on this website. Um, and, you know, especially this time of year when everyone's shopping for holiday gifts um, is when yeah. I like to really blast this uh, list out because if you're able to support a small business instead of shopping on Amazon or whatever big site you're going to shop on, you know, right. for sure. If you're getting gifts for friends and family or your coworkers, these are the perfect gifts to get, you know, little trinkets and handmade gifts. And it's, it's very meaningful to know that um, these purchases are not only just, you know, A, supporting a small business, but you're providing mm -hmm. employment opportunities for somebody that might not otherwise had an employment opportunity. Um, it's empowering for them and it spreads, spreads awareness of individuals wow. with disabilities. So it's, it's right. very impactful in many different ways by supporting these businesses. Yes, that's fantastic. Um, and yes. let me ask you, and just you, to go, answer go ahead, your Brian. question, Sean, because if people go to the site and, and it's SPED adulting, I when I first looked at it, I thought it was speed adulting. And I was like, that would be <laughs> right. a good name as well. So did I. I said, yeah. Special ed adulting, um, SPED adulting.com. And then, and then if you scroll down, there are, there are these kinds of posts. And I think also your um, Instagram uh, handle is also the same SPED adulting, correct? Mm -hmm. At SPED yes. adulting. So for mm -hmm. those that, that want to see these posts and go, I mean, it really is, first of all, it's the, the whole style of, of, of what you're doing is fantastic. And up at the very top of the site, it says, check out these free resources, um, get it now. And so uh, the access to a lot of this material is all over the, all over the website. Beautiful. Yeah. Sean, you were going to ask a question. I apologize. I interrupted you. No, I was just going to ask, especially not having any experience with uh, including family members or anything like that with special needs, anything. Do you have any children of your own? 
I do not, but I am currently um, almost six months pregnant. <laughs> so hey. I got one on the way. See, now, now for those for those of you that want to ho- want to host a podcast and you want to ask a question, but be respectful about asking it. I knew that that was the case, but I didn't want to ask because I should have asked before. And do you want to tell everybody that you're expecting? Okay, good. Because, and I assume that you wouldn't mind sharing because of the following and congratulations. Yes. Because the other thing you did, and this is just another example of your, of, of your passion is you posted to your Instagram about how you shared with your class, your students that you were expecting. The way, the manner in which you communicated that, and I think that's, I, I think that's that's such a small thing, but so huge. Oh, I want to hear yeah. it. I want to hear it. I, I oh hear yeah. Story. So, you know, maybe a general ed classroom, you could just make the announcement, and you would it would be pretty much understood what it means when you tell them. But mm-hmm. when you are working with a special education classroom, they might not have ever had anyone that's told them that they're pregnant before. They might not know what that looks like. Um, it's, it can cause a lot of anxiety knowing that their teacher is going to be out for a good period of time. Um, it's also something that could be unexpected. I might not go out on the date that I say I'm going to, you know, be out on it and anything can happen. So what I did. Can I stop you there just one, one one quick second? Just, I just want to know, and I'm going to be captain obvious here. That is a ridiculously high. And I mean, like outside of the orbit of the earth high level of empathy you know and to you you're just being you so that's like yeah so i just thought i'd let them know because listen i try to be empathetic and step in other people's shoes i hadn't even thought of it from that perspective to be so so high level yeah empathetic that you're thinking man i must be getting old i'm about to cry talking about something (laughs) just like that (laughs) talk about silly but to see another another human being have that level of empathy, one it it's 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 greatly appreciated, and it makes me stop and think. Well, how can I up my empathy in general and and at home? So, thank you for that. Sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, so um, I prepared. You know, in order to make the announcement, we played a little game. We did a um, like they had to decode the message. So they had to translate the emojis, which would translate into letters. And it spelled out, your teacher is having a baby. Um, you know, I had some of my students were excited. Some of them still didn't understand what I was talking about. So then from there, I showed them a slide of, you know, my belly's going to start showing pretty soon. Because I, I waited up until the point of where, you know, the baggy clothes is not yeah. going to start cutting it anymore. So yeah. <laughs> they're going to start questioning. Mm-hmm. So what I did was um, I showed them a, a picture of what the baby looks like inside right now, equivalently. And then I also brought in, um, at the time, I was about as big as um, a bell pepper. So I brought in a bell pepper and held it up to my stomach and said, you know, this is about how big the baby is right now. And, you know, as we progress, you know, I can show them, okay, now this week, baby's as big as this fruit or this vegetable. So they can start to understand why without going into too much detail, you know, I leave some of those details to the parents if that's what they want to discuss, but, um, sure. you know, at least from what they're seeing. Um, another thing that I did was, um, I put a visual calendar of the year up on the board. And then from there, I put a little mother stamp on each month that I might be out so that they can kind of mm. visually see, okay, my teacher might be out in February, March, 
May, June, whatever it might be. Um, so, right. you know, I didn't put any hard dates other than, you know, this is the due date, but I might be out this long or this long, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough subject to go over when you have some students that are um, very driven on specific dates. Um, some, some get sure. fixated with dates and, you know, it has to be this way. Um, so we'll see how yes. it goes. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to provide my staff with a lot of uh, prepped lessons and um, support leading up to it. And just a lot of it's just front loading my students as much as I can and as often as I can so that they're just not surprised when I'm gone. And sure. um, right. yeah. And then from there, we played some fun games where they guessed um, the gender and then gave me some fun name suggestions and um, yeah, we had a little fun with a little mini baby that's shower fun. games. <laughs> yeah, that's huge though, because, uh, because I, and I, again, again, I think I'm impressed with the level of empathy, generally speaking. It's funny how you just uh, peel things away, but I, I just realized, I don't know why I didn't before. The reason why I so appreciate that level of empathy is because that's one of the concerns that we have with Elijah, which is, you know, how is this change going to work, especially if it's somebody that's not in his presence that usually is for a given period of time. And sometimes, um, you know, he'll surprise you and he does really well with it. Just like you said, you know, we'll yeah. see how it goes. And other times it's like, this is a really big deal. And yeah. in his case in particular, the way that you know is he may tell you, but I'll tell you and he'll tell you, you know, several times over. I, had, I, one of the groups that I belong to, you know, was a mom that was posting about her, son's meltdown because he was looking for his phone. And I thought it was so fascinating that he spoke in the third person with regard to who is looking for his phone. Mm -hmm. And, and Elijah speaks like that at times. Sometimes I'll say, Elijah will do so-and-so Elijah will not, you know, it's very um, green eggs and ham. That's, that, that's kind of what I, I relate to it. <laughs> I will not do so-and-so Elijah will not do, you know, and, Again, it it to see somebody else going through something that you can relate to that you've gone through as well, um, it just it all helps. It's like again, anything that reminds us that 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 we're not alone. You know, I don't know. It's like you go to a certain event or something like that, maybe in a city that you're not used to or, or state you're not used to. You're the only brother in the room. You look across the room. There's another brother, and they might be 500 feet away, but there's a little bit of a nod. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, you know. I, I I saw somebody had a meme years ago of um, the Hunger Games, and it was like a salute or something like that. And it was like <laughs> the look that special needs moms give each other when you acknowledge each other out in public. All those things are just inclusion is everything. That's my long winded yeah. way of yeah. saying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want I want to know how you explain the fact that Teacher Fiona is growing. Fruits and vegetables in her tummy. That's, that's, uh, that's, and you yeah. could see that happen. You, I could, I could see yeah. a child being the literal trying to figure out why. <laughs> well, and then later I ate that bell pepper for a snack or oh, something. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, that's a whole new set of conversation <laughs> questions and whatnot. That's hilarious. Wow, uh, that really is. That really is fascinating. I again, I'm looking at the at the site, and it's just a, a phenomenal. Phenomenal resource. And I think that the challenge that we see, and, and we've been speaking to a lot of, uh, we've had a lot of guests on the show that deal with our children who are transitioning to, uh, to adulthood. And 
and you know looking at with the, we work with a we, we there's a there's a, a documentary film with you know two adult uh two adult males uh two adult men on a, on the autism spectrum and and the journey that her that their mother has been on and they're looking at how do you develop a location where our adult children can live work have services get the support and all of that so i think as our children are getting older and that's the, the focus on transitioning to adulthood um, is definitely an area that the special needs community i know it's always been there but it's something that i think we're going to see a lot more and your mm-hmm. your focus on that area is uh and again i know you do k-12 too but focusing on that is because there's a lot of curriculum that's already been established in the k-12 but how do you establish those life the life skills curriculum and 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 that's so much more than just learning math or learning about a an era in in history or geography mm-hmm. like that seems like a finite subject matter but life skills seems infinite like you know where do you go what do you you know what are what do you see as some of the more i know you've talked about check writing but some of the more common things that our children as they're transitioning are facing first and then next and then next like what's what's that look like what's that path look like yeah so i actually get this question a lot from other teachers or educators like what do i focus on like when it comes to life skills there's just there's no possible way to cover all of it so mm-hmm. what i always tell them is it's up to the individual you're going to have to get to know the student survey the parents see what's important to them because you don't want to be teaching them about writing checks if that's something that's not going to be applicable to them whereas you know they might not have a dishwasher either so you wouldn't want to teach them how to use a dishwasher whatever it might be there everyone's in a different scenario what's important to them um, what is also realistically attainable to them you know you, you have to make sure you take the steps to learn the basics of that math skill whether it's you know doing basic adding or um, incorporating money values um, in into that um, with adding. So you got to take the steps to get up to whatever it might be. Um, If you're calculating taxes on a pay stub, you know, you have to take the baby steps to get there first. Um, So it's, it's all about getting to know the individual, what's important to them, what their strengths, their preferences are. um, If they're going to have a career in the future, if that's even of interest to them. For some students and some families, they are like, nope, that's, that's not, they're not going to work and they don't want to work. And that's totally fine. As long as, you know, they, they have a plan in place for helping that student, um, you know, eventually be able to be um, financially sustainable, um, then that's, that's fine. But um, for those that do want to work, then it's about figuring out, okay, what do you like to do in the workplace? Like, do you want to work during the daytime? Do you want to work at nighttime? Do you want to work indoors? outdoors? Um, Do you like working with animals or people? Or do you need a job where you don't have any interaction with people? Um, It's finding out those little strengths and um, preferences that's going to help guide you towards a career path where you can focus on those particular skills. And then that's kind of how I figure out where my lessons are going to go towards. So each year, I don't have the same lesson plan. Um, I'm sure it's going to be yeah. child focused, right? Or student focused. Yeah. So, 
you know, a lot of times I see a lot of teachers will ask, well, I, you know, I'd like a, a year long scope and sequence plan for the year. And, you know, you can have like a general plan for maybe general lessons that you teach to all of the students. But when it really comes down to it, it's going to come down to their IEP goals. And mm -hmm. those IEP goals are focused in on that particular student's needs. And um, that's where a majority of the rest of my lessons are focused on is those Interesting. areas. Yeah, that's I wanted to add the, two, two things to that, which is the first one is, well, the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves, right, always determines the quality of our life. Um, you know, and that's something that we've heard from the gentleman that's been a mentor to us by the name of Ed Milet, and I just find that to be so true. And as you're asking, you know, where do you want to work? What kind of environment, night versus date? Those things are just so basic and so so huge. And in our work in, you know, in financial services, when we sit down with people in the general population and it applies twice as much um, with someone who is, um, you know, neurodiverse, you know, is, you know, when do you want to retire? You know, what do you want life to look like? You know, the questions, the quality of the questions are really, really important. What's the most important thing to you? You know, have you mm -hmm. figured out what you want things to look at, look like? And if you're in survival mode um, versus thriving mode, you haven't thought about a lot of those things because you're thinking about getting through today, not even thinking about the fact, even though you know in the back of your head that you might not necessarily see tomorrow. So I think, again, it's so valuable that you give that example in terms of the questions. The other thing I want to do just from a personal perspective is encourage people to give themselves some grace because, you know, for any parent, the biggest challenge that you're going to have, whether your child is neurotypical or otherwise, is striking a balance between giving your children fish versus teaching them to fish. Just as you would take a bullet for them, there's a part of you that wants to give them all the fish in the world. And I want to encourage those who may have discovered that they're leaning more one way than the other in terms of the fish giving as opposed to teaching the art of fishing, give yourself some grace because, you know, Elijah was, I swear he was three last week. He turned 70 <laughs> in May. So and I realized I caught myself, you know, realizing how much more fish giving that we are doing really me than anything else. Here's the best example. And this is why you should give yourself some grace. I was talking, my wife had made uh, some French toast for him and blueberries. That's what, that's a typical breakfast for him. French toast, waffles or pancakes and blueberries. Right. I'll be right so <laughs> she made that. <laughs> so she made that. And I'm talking to her about the things that I'm having him do, which we would ordinarily do for him. Right. And I'm telling her how patient I need to be when he resists, because if he's resistant to the idea of doing it for himself, I'm partly to blame for that because I'm doing it for him, right? And as I'm putting the plate together, or she put the plate together, I'm grabbing the napkin, I'm getting ready to take it upstairs to him. And she just says, and she wasn't trying to be smart. She just said, so you mean like, maybe you, you want to tell him that that's ready? And I'm like, and I stopped and I looked and I'm like, here I am getting ready to take the plate upstairs because that's what we would usually do, like serve him. And I have to stop. And if she didn't say it, I would go from telling her what, you know, yeah, well, we should be doing this to taking it right upstairs. And so <laughs> I told him, hey, your breakfast is ready. Come down and get it. And he, you know, and she, her point was it, it might be, it might sit for a little bit, but he's going to come down and, and he'll get it. So we have to teach ourselves to change, you know, those directions if we're going to do that. And at the same time, give ourselves grace because 
that's really a struggle for me in life, generally speaking, anyway. You know, just in terms of here's what I've been doing. I need to go in this direction or make this tweak in order to live more intentionally or make my life better. And it's just something that's always, you know, tough for me. And when that happens, I'm just like, Ugh. especially at this stage of life, you're like, how much more of this gift of life that I'm given am I going to make the most of versus wasting time? So anyway, true mm -hmm. confession. <laughs> no, I and I totally hear that all the time from a lot of the parents I work with, especially when I report home like, oh, like so-and-so was sweeping today for their on-campus job. And the parent is like mind blown, like what? They don't they don't know how to sweep. Like they don't they won't mm -hmm. sweep for me at home. And you know, sometimes it just takes, you know, a little nudge to hey, like maybe if you initiate, hey, we're going to start, even if it's just doing it for one minute, you know, it's sometimes like, I think what it, ends up happening, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, is it's just easier to do it than to wait and have him come get it. Or it might, it, for some students, oh my it gosh. might, re might correct, result in correct a, you. a behavior. Yeah. Or, so a lot of the times those habits are just easier to do it yourself than to let them do it. But mm -hmm. um, well, it's, it's day, everything. Yeah. yeah, no, you're 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 completely right. There's no correction there because I remember Brian would give this example when he would talk about um, uh, when we talk about worry or, or how people perceive certain things, and you'd go like, "Okay, am I really worried for?" Or maybe even our child's safety, right? Sometimes there's legitimate reasons to worry about their safety, whether they have an awareness for danger or trusting others, whatever the case might be. But then there's other things when it comes to trying new things, again, just about being on autopilot and being conscious, raising our consciousness and thinking about what we think about. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, wait a minute, is my concern about my child's safety or, or, or about my child, period, or is it about me? Because it is a whole lot easier. It's easier to give your, to give your child fish you know, than it is to teach them to fish. So certain things that I'm going to do, you know, it's like, it's a lot easier if I just do it for him right now. It really is. It takes more time. And here's the other thing. So one, if you, if you find yourself giving more fish than teaching the fish, give yourself grace, especially if you are aware of it. That's the first step. But then the other thing is for those of you who have children that are young, you know, I could say, don't make the mistake I made and, you know, start teaching those fishing skills earlier, because what happens is you're trying to unteach that which you've taught but then at the same time you always have to remember that and this is what my wife is just like like great at which i struggle with which she'll always say is give him credit you never know you never know because i have to catch myself going well no he doesn't do so and so and now i've, I've evolved to the place where when i say that i'll go you know i don't know what he's gonna say maybe he's gonna resist and maybe he'll and so you roll the dice and you and you take those mm -hmm. chances yeah, yeah yeah but you're it's absolutely right it's amazing to me, and I think, and because you're in it, I'm sure that you see this a lot. But it's almost like you need a companion curriculum for the parents of transitioning <laughs> adults, right? In other yeah. ways, it's sort of like because exactly this this example, you know, if 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 Sean doesn't because because we're not conscious because we've been doing it our whole lives while they're younger, you know, as they transition, like what are the what are the you know what are the steps that we can take to make sure that our you know, our young adult children are, are, you know, moving into that, you know, that independence space. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure you get it all the time from, because you say you ask parents ask you all the time. Yeah, I do. Um, 
you know, I, there's part of me that doesn't feel like I can like super confidently, you know, tell a parent what to do because I'm not in your shoes. I'm not in your home with your child all day. You know, it's, it's a completely different ball game. Whereas like I'm at school and I have staff support and there's a different expectation at school and like, you're there to do work. Home is supposed to be a safe space where you get to relax and you get to do fun things. Um, so, you know, I, I see that and it was, um, it's, it's a tough conversation to have because I can't fully put myself in your shoes and I can't tell mm -hmm. you what to do because, you know, it's just, I, I get why things get to where they get because it, it's just easier to do one thing or maybe, and I, I can give you strategies to use and you just have to be willing to put the time in and, you know, maybe even have a little bit of a regression period of where you might see behaviors come up because they've been used to getting those pancakes delivered to them however many years. And all of a sudden we're going to switch that up. So, you know, there's going to be some setbacks is you have sure. to it's know that and expect required. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And you have to be willing to put the time in and the effort to see that through. And then I think that the end goal there is going to be so rewarding that, that you're going to have some free time for yourself and then they're going to be independent and life is going to be a little bit more fulfilling because they're going to be able to maybe one day make those pancakes on their own. If you know, if that exactly. Makes mm -hmm. And then there's two other aspects I just thought of, which is, you know, I'm half of a team with my wife. Like for mm -hmm. instance, you know, if, if, if I was single and I just had my thick head <laughs> to deal with, you know, I would have taken the pancakes upstairs, right? So for someone that is a single parent, um, it becomes twice as, as difficult because you're talking about when you raise your consciousness, you're thinking about what you think about. You step outside yourself. If you're mm -hmm. blessed as I am to have um, someone that is amazing, an amazing partner and spouse, then you know, you're able to, that person is outside looking in every now and then. The other thing to think about is even people that, have each other, but if that's all they have, Brian and I started a men's group uh, called the Den. We meet every uh, every other week um, of you know, and these are male caregivers or dads. And one of the guys on the call was talking about getting. We began the call and how's everybody doing? And he was like, "Okay." And I was like, "Well, I can sense that okay, you know, you're not one to complain. So there's more there. If you want to, do you mind telling us about the more?" And he went right into how he and his wife have each other they're yoked and joined and everything like that but that's kind of all they have in our case you know our family has a better understanding than they did before when they would say oh just put such and such in front of him all he needs is this all he needs is that when they don't understand behavioral uh issues or sensitivities to foods mm -hmm. this gentleman his family um his his in-laws are in a different country and his parents live minutes away but they just, they just can't grasp. They don't understand. And so they don't have the strongest sense of community and they feel like it's just them. That's why there's forums like this, as well as, you know, group that I mentioned, because we have to just work hard to remind people that uh, they're not alone. And sometimes the way that happens is not just by caring for someone, but by sharing what you're going through, not necessarily complaining, but if you let other people know exactly what you're facing and then you have an idea as to how you're going to get through it, or even if you just don't know and you're just sharing, somebody else will get from that, oh, 
I'm not alone. And there's a measurable value in that. And that's just another example of quite frankly, what you're doing. So thank you so much mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, Fiona. Have you, are you familiar with, with uh, the Yes, I Can Unity Through Music group? I'm not. They're in, they're in Southern California. They're based up in okay. Santa Clarita. Um, and they, we've had Brett Lieberman, the executive director on a couple of times on the podcast. Uh, he uh, helps uh, uh, transitioning adults move into the earth. They learn the job skills to have jobs in the music and entertainment industry. Okay. So it would be an interesting resource uh, to kind of, we'll make the connection to you afterwards uh, because okay. it will, it may be an opportunity for folks that, that have a, a desire of tendency or some skills that, that can be um, uh, taught to have potential jobs in the film and music awesome. industry. Nice. Yeah, it's a great resource. Um, yeah. We're, we're kind of at the point where we're getting close to the end of our show already. Um, Sean's going to ask you, uh, ask you a question. I'm going to throw it over to Sean to ask that final question before we wrap it up. All right. This is the point of the show where we'll, we'll ask the following question, which is, you know, our ability to change the world, um, is based on our ability or willingness to change ourselves. So with that in mind, give us just one example of a thought or a belief that you once really believed strongly, but no longer believed to be true. So slightly different, but uh, you know, I, I couldn't really think of any like strong beliefs that I've had. <laughs> I think it's more so um, the perspective of knowing to put yourself in other people's shoes or, you know, maybe don't get upset about something or, you know, when it comes to like the internet and you have the so-called trolls that'll comment on something that they might not have anything to do with it. And, you know, as a teacher, we experience this um, from people like, Oh, teachers are lazy or, Oh, teachers don't know they're paid babysitters, glorified babysitters and that kind of stuff. And it's, the people that are making those comments have no idea how much work we do and that we're actually underpaid. You know, they just think it's glamorous. We get summer breaks and, you know, what are you complaining about? But the amount of planning that goes into each day and um, you know, just on top, you know, tons of like meetings, paperwork, and then let alone you're also just spending the day teaching students on top of all of that. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Same thing when it comes to somebody with neuro neurodiverse needs, I can't put myself in their shoes. So when they are frustrated about something, I have to try and somehow put myself in their shoes to try and understand how I can help them, whatever it might be. It's the whole idea of just putting yourself in someone else's shoes before you judge them, before you mm -hmm feel the need to make a rude comment or just yeah. a comment that, you know, just not something that you don't know anything about, or you think you might know if, if that's not your situation and you can't speak on behalf of it, it's just your opinion. And, 100%. you know, just, yeah. just, just be nicer, <laughs> be nicer. To that's, people. um, that's where we usually you know, always end the show. And I just want to add for me, one of the beliefs that I've had is I used to think I had to comment on, anything that was unjust or wrong. I used to think that I wanted on social media to have as many followers as possible because I want to shine a light on as many people that are inspirational and doing great work in and outside the special needs community. I want to inspire as many people as possible. And, and I realized that, you know, 
when you talk about being trying to step in somebody else's shoes, I've always looked at that as stepping in someone's shoes to understand, which means, and, and that understanding means I'm going to interact with them and give them and show them empathy. Sometimes you need to step in someone's shoes to understand why you're not going to respond to, you know, <laughs> because yeah. I've seen a, co a couple of posts on things that I posted and the conversations that have taken place afterwards. And sometimes they're, you know, racially motivated and, you know, hate stuff, especially with all the stuff that's going on lately. And just maybe two, three weeks ago, I would be like, that needs to be defended. But like, no, it doesn't. The comment needs to be removed. That account needs to be blocked. And you need to, you know, and it's funny because in my consciousness, I've always thought we should be about exchanging energy. We shouldn't give our energy away just to have it robbed. And we definitely shouldn't be trying to just drain somebody else's. You know, our, our time on this planet is so much more rewarding and rich when we exchange energy with people. And despite knowing that, I've had cases where I exchanged the wrong energy. So, you know, uh, and I thought about that as you, as you were saying that. And so we just have to continue to evolve and ask ourselves um, the right questions over and over. Like that question, you know, always, what do I believe? What do I no longer believe that I once really did? And if the answer for someone, when they answer that question is, well, I don't have anything that that applies to, well, then you might want to think about that because it means that you're not necessarily growing. Yeah. Yeah. And on that, Fiona, thank you for, for being a guest today and for sharing um, what you do. It's an amazing resource. We're grateful that there are phenomenal people like you out there teaching our children um, the work that, that goes into that, the planning, the preparation. There is no summer off. You guys are doing continuing education and planning and preparation all year. Um, mm -hmm. So we definitely appreciate the work that you're doing. It's really amazing. So great to have you as a guest. And as we sign off again, I want to thank everybody listening. Um, hit the subscribe button if you're catching us on the YouTube channel after the fact. If you want to send us a, an email, we are just two dads at gmail.com. Um, thank you for uh, for listening today. Thanks for um, sharing and, and liking with your friends. Um, also, Billy Footwear, who's one of our uh, one of our sponsors. We love Billy that makes adaptive footwear for. Um, for people of all ages. So uh, go to billyfootwear.com. And uh, if you're on the catching the show link after the fact, you can click on that link and get 10% off. And then I uh, just want to say also um, empathy and love is um, empathy and love is important more now than ever. Empathy, what you're just saying. If you see somebody's situation, you may not know what's going on with them. Be a little empathetic, be kinder for crying out loud. You never know what that person's going through. Um, and also, if you can look through the world, uh, look at the world through lenses of love, it's uh, amazing how beautiful the world can be. So on that, I'm going to thank you again. Throw it over to Sean for our final wrap up. Um, Sean, go ahead and wrap us out of here. I'm just so thankful for this time today. I also want to thank uh, um, Elijah's teacher, Aaron Barrett, for uh introducing us. <laughs> That's just um, so grateful. Um, the link for our men's group um, is um, for the forms is on the screen. If you happen to be actually looking at the show, whether it's uh, live on Facebook or on YouTube after the fact, it is called The Den. Um, I want to thank everyone that has taken the time to tune in, whether you're doing that live or after the fact um, and wherever you get your podcasts. And again, remember, let's try and be a little more childlike and less childish. Uh, questions are so much more powerful. Um, then statements. Um, and um, I want to wish everyone 
happiest of Thanksgivings. Fiona, thank you so much uh, for your time today. And to everyone within the sound of uh, my voice, we love you. We love you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.